Alright everybody, uh, welcome to episode 13 of Tetarik with Wallet and today I'm very pleased to have someone who is now a celebrity come public figure <laughs> <laughs> Miss Liana Damira from Red Dot United So yeah, it's okay when people are just coming in uh, and they can watch uh, the video later anyway mm. So Miss Liana actually has written this fantastic book called Homeless I have five copies, by the way, for five people who message me, who PM me, or WhatsApp me. Why you deserve this book, or what? Do, what would you want to? Why? What would you want to get out of this book? And the first, the best five, I will choose. And so, uh, Miss Lena is not involved. Okay, so don't blame her if you are not chosen. So I, I'm, I'm the one <laughs> I, who will be. I don't know anything about this. This paper on that. <laughs> This okay. is all his setup. <laughs> Alright, so uh, thank you so much for coming. Thank uh, you for having and, me. Yes, so uh, you are now quite a public figure slash celebrity, right? You can say word often. <laughs> <laughs> so, and it all started with this book, right? Which is heart-wrenching, by the way. It's a marvellous read. I really recommend anyone uh, to read it. Uh, but this is your personal story, right? And you've also done a podcast with... What was that? Quite a few podcasts, which one? Uh, the one where. Um, which ones have you done? Yeah. Um, we can promote them. <laughs> okay, one top of my head is uh, Frankly Minded. Yeah, Frankly Minded. That was the one. So, so please, uh, if you want to listen to Miss Liana's personal story, go to Frankly, Frankly My Dear. So, it was a really good podcast, and the inter- interviewer was good as well. Uh, I don't know the interviewer, okay, so uh, so it's, I'm not promoting her or anything, shout, but it was... Shout out to her. Though. Yeah, shout out to her. So it was a really good podcast about her personal story. But today is not just about her personal story. Today is about her political story and her political journey. So uh, I just thought of this question. I, I was wondering, do you think the publisher would have published Homeless if you were already an opposition party member? Hmm, who's to say that? (laughs) Who would know? Um, But one thing I know for sure is that even pushing this particular book out, or the manuscript back then, right, was quite an uphill task because the topic in itself is pretty sensitive, right? Right. And we wrote in or sent over the manuscript to a couple of publishers. Uh, A few came up to us saying that, you know, the topic is sensitive or they do not have the resources to, you know, take this on and even, you know, to put it into a book. And I was there at a point where I was saying that, oh, thank you for being honest with me. (laughs) I don't know why you call yourself a publisher. What what were their concerns? (laughs) (laughs) Their concerns is the sensitive topic. Um, That is one that surfaces a lot. So they're afraid that the government would be unhappy, is it? I don't know. They didn't delve too much okay. into detail on that spectrum. But I would say that uh, they are just not comfortable enough with just, you know, the, the the title in itself. And just the title alone, you know, I need to put my foot down and say that, hey, I want this title to oh. be out there in front of the book. And okay. that is something which Epigram was reserved in doing previously. They were trying to, you know, um, they were trying to coax me into using other titles and all Such that. But... <laughs> There's a, there's a few, I okay. don't remember. Okay. <laughs> but one thing, one thing I remember was that um, I needed to um, pinpoint the, you know, the main content, the main gist of this story. And there's no other words that I can think of other than homeless. And of course, when, when that happens, right, um, 
people say okay not people i wouldn't i wouldn't quote anyone but uh, the narrative back then is such as that there were no homeless people around, right? right? And there is such thing as displaced families. Right. And I was like, why in the world is displaced right, families? Right, 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 right. <laughs> Euphemism. Yeah, so yeah. that's that. So if, I mean, back to your question when you asked me, would Epigram even publish this after I become a politician or be involved in a political space? I don't know. I don't have an answer to that. Right, right. But it's still... Uh, it's still a journey in getting the book out. Right, right. Okay. So, so th- and thank you for for writing this. Right. So, so let's get to that. And it's it's related to my earlier question. Why, why politics to do whatever, to achieve whatever you want to achieve, right? Because you you were already uh, a famous author, and now you are an award winning author. And don't you think being in politics sorts of tins a person? Because now everything you say, right, will be, oh, this is it. Everything you say will be, oh, there's a political agenda. Of course, there's a political agenda, right? Because that's what politicians are supposed to do. They're supposed to put forward an agenda. But do you think there will be less buy-in from people? So why why not through civil society? Why politi- Why the political and electoral scene? Hmm, why through that? Huh? Okay, the thing is that... Um, First, I would like to address is the perception that we have, right? Uh, one thing for sure is when you talk about, even just now, as, as I reach here, and then we were having a short discussion, right? And then you were asking me if, if um, since I become a politician and all that kind of stuff, and I did mention to you that I don't even know if I can still grasp the, the word about being a politician, right? That is also because, um, for me, what I saw in the public in the public space is that being a politician is not that positive and people right. doesn't have the positive inclination or thinking around it as what you've already mentioned right. earlier so um i would like to change that and i like to mention that you know um perspective is one you can have your opinions you can have your thinking you can have your own judgment but there's another thing about um looking at politics in a different manner because at the end of the day um what is politics to you what is politics to you Alin? Well, politics ultimately is the struggle for power. Mm, to you. Uh, is there a, another definition? <laughs> <laughs> ultimately, it's about the the attainment and distribution of power. Mm, attainment and distribution power. That's interesting. Politics to me... Are you going to ask me that question? No, no. no. <laughs> Can I, I was that question yeah, so, so what is politics to you? Yeah. So, politics to me is everyday life. It's like, um, you know, the food that you eat that has been imported, that is politics. Uh, politics to me is also what I can get to study in school or what my kids get to study in school. Um, politics to me is also um, how much is the price of the car that I can buy in the future, right? So all of that is politics. And it's almost to the nearest form of politics is personal for me. It's like the everyday day life that gets me going. Right. Yeah. So that's how so, politics. So that's uh, also the maxim of uh, feminism, right? The personal is a political, or the political is personal. And I, I definitely agree with uh, whatever you just said. Politics permits every single aspect of our lives, right? Uh, but don't you think you could achieve the advo- advocacy of policies, for instance, that you're interested mm. in, like your children's education through civil society or through AWARE, which you're already doing mm-hmm. anyway. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, uh, if you're looking for other avenues, right, um, of course, like what you've already mentioned, 
um, or other people can even go uh, and do that through arts, through right. education, right? right? Um, or even through business. Right, like right, if you right to, exactly. Okay, if you were to read my book, right, you will know that um, after I got out of homelessness, I kind of like stumbled or threw myself into, into entrepreneurship, right? And I am still entrepreneur now, right. even today, as I do my um, activist work, as I got involved in politics and being a part of RDU. So for me, it's more of what what is someone comfortable to be in? So for myself, it's, you know, just because I, the flow of my life has led me this way. And I'm comfortable, I'm comfortable in, you know, advocating, I'm comfortable right. in, in raising up issues this way and at this certain level. So why not, right? right. Why do we need to refrain ourselves? And the most important thing, um, like for anyone at all, to be involved in any work that you do, or, you know, even to like for yourself, um, studying, teaching, and all of that, right? Um, in terms of policy making and all, is for for you to find what is the best, you know, what's the best and what's the comfortable level that you can be to contribute in any way that you are right. doing right now in politics. So for you, politics is something that you can genuinely contribute? Yeah, That's for that. me. Right, yes. right. Okay. I, I like that answer, I like that answer. And so moving on, I mean, it's related. When the hustings were going on someone who was a fan of your book a fan of uh, yourself she told me that he or she told me that <laughs> he or she is a huge fan of yours but he or she felt that you had joined the wrong party mm. so the question i have for you liana is did you join the wrong party mm. before i answer the question can i ask you what's the right party Right, okay, so the right party, there are a few things, right, which, which would define the right party. But first of all, is a party which aligns with your values. Uh -huh. And second of all, amongst the parties which align with your values, a party that can win. Uh-huh. So what are the parties who, in your opinion, have won in the past election? Right, so Workers' Party has won. Okay. I mean, if you're talking about the opposition, of and course. And we're talking right? about the right party in, in right. terms of your... Yeah, yeah, I mean, so, of course, uh, the Workers' Party is, is the right party for some people, <laughs> if, you, if it aligns with your values, right? Uh -huh. uh, or even the SDP. The SDP, even though they have not won, uh -huh. but I believe SDP's presence in the political arena actually changes things because SDP has a clear ideology, right? Mm. Uh, so, the other parties, what, what do you think? Is there... Is there it's interesting you didn't raise uh, about PAP though. PAP oh no, I assume because you want to join the opposition. Oh, okay. Right? So I assume, <laughs> but of course, if you want, if now you want to declare your allegiance to the PAP, it's okay also. <laughs> How is that even declaring allegiance? <laughs> so, so you yeah so I was I was thinking uh, uh, about the opposition parties because I assume that's where you are inclined to okay so um back to what you've already related to me just now right um if you are talking about workers party as being the right party how do you determine that as right okay that you already elaborate that to a sense mm. but if you were to look at the past election um the filter like how many candidates mm, like 20, 30, 20, 30, 30, yeah, 30, yeah. there, right. And if you were to look like how many has been, you know, successfully placed in parliament or gain a seat in parliament, it's like 
plus minus 30, 33% of them, yeah. like out of the candidate yeah, that they feel, right? Yeah, so yeah. if you're talking about the right party in terms of, you know, electoral success, right? Um, electoral political success will be maybe. Mm-hmm. We're not talking about opposition. Sure, or, you sure, know, okay. like, I, I don't know, like, yeah, we're not talking about that. So if you are talking just about electoral politics success, right? In terms of percentage and this is how I I see whether it's the right party or not, will be the PMP because they have fielded like what, 90 or right, so right. Um, candidates and then they managed to put in like what, 80 plus over percentage of them in in parliament. So if you're talking about the right party to me, will be that in that sense, in that context. And just I'm about going, winning. Right? Yeah, just about winning right. and just about getting there and being the right party per se. But for me, because I was once homeless, right? And by definition from the system will be that I'm a failure, right? Uh, is it? Do you think so? Do you think? Well, if you go by the system, it is deemed as a failure. Like going by the system that we have right now in place. And because of that, and since I am not, you know, I'm not molded into the usual, usual modes of society or the modes of the system, I see success and failure in a different manner. Right, and if that means that uh, me being a part of an organization which helps to you know like shape and mold the policies or you know the proposals for policies, for me I find that as a success. So it doesn't have to be a, right. It doesn't have to be you know like an organization in itself. It right. depends on what other things that you do right. continuously. So, so was it because you, uh, if I understand you, because. RDU was starting and you were able to really shape RDU. You're one of the pioneer members of RDU and therefore you get to lay the foundations for RDU. It okay. could be it. Um, you put that in. <laughs> no, because, I, because you say you get to affect uh, that. And, and I think that's that's a fair answer. That's a fair answer. And uh, But I think you, you are getting rightly there somewhere because if you were to ask me if I join a party for RDU, uh, it doesn't... It doesn't seem to me that I joined the party. I was part of the co-founder. Right, right, okay. So, yeah. um, it kind of gave it a different flavor, different right. you know, contribution right, to right, it. Right. Um, but at the same time, on top of it all, the people that I work with together, and this ties in back to what you mentioned earlier on just now, was the values, right? The values that keep me going and saying, right. you know, hey, yeah, I, I, my values are aligned with these people. Right. So, henceforth, that I can work together with right. them. By the way, uh, if you read uh, Homeless, I think you will have a better idea as well why uh, Miss Liana eventually decided to join RDU because uh, Mr. Ravi Philemon plays uh, <laughs> an important part in this book. Yes, one so one of the One part. of the, and, and Rolo as well? Um, Andrew, I would say that we still, you know, we still keep touch on and off. Right, yeah, right. So, but he primarily, was featured in the book as well. Yes, right? yeah, of course. Yeah, of yeah, course. Yeah. They are the two main um, they are the two main person who have helped, you know, like pull me out right, of my right, bottom. Right. So yeah. I mean, they have done they have done a lot for uh, Miss Liana, and I think it's it's quite natural. In mm. fact, I would judge you a little if if Ravi called you and you didn't join RDU. Oh really? <laughs> you judge me? I, I am would, my own a little. Okay. <laughs> you no, would judge me little. because I said no. I have the right a to little. say no. Actually, actually, I mean, I would. I would uh, what what you are doing standing in an election is already is already commendable. Standing in election for the opposition is even more amazing. Standing in an 
election for the opposition against SM Taman. Wow, <laughs> that's a different level. And so that's what that's what <coughs> I wanted to get to next. <coughs> Jurong GRC. It's a suicide mission, right? Because there was no <laughs> there was no chance of winning. I mean, even I mean I don't know. You can even put some PAP ministers against SM Taman and SM Taman would win, right? So. <laughs> Why did you guys contest in Jurong GRC other than the fact that there was nobody else who wanted to go to Jurong GRC? Is it out of convenience or is it out of conviction that you guys contested in Jurong GRC? Hmm. Kind of like answer your question there actually just now. Okay. <laughs> Which is you ask, is it out of convenience or conviction, right? And you mentioned also that uh, apart from the fact that there are no other people who are contesting that particular constituency. So we know, we know that there are no other opposition going to, you know, contest there because it's one of the strongest. Um, you may call it a two-step mission. For us, we felt uh, much more compelled after knowing that no party is going to um, contest over there as we would rather form even being, you know, like two weeks old. Oh yeah, this I need to mention. When GE2020 came, we, Red Dot United, are just two weeks old. Right. And a two weeks old party, uh, call it a suicide mission or whatever it may be, that uh, we do know the reality of the fact is that we are not going to send anyone in parliament being a two weeks old party. Because we are a nobody, right? Nobody knows us. We do not have the exposure yet. However, we felt compelled to contest over there, form a team, you know, and put ourselves to contest in that constituency was because of giving the voters over there a choice and a chance for them to voice out their, their you know, their, their voice in a, mm. a, in a manner of their votes. That's one. And secondly, uh, we would rather do that rather than making that particular constituency walk over. That would be a, that would be a wasted chance and a wasted, overall, like, um, we would rather be called the suicide you know, squad to go there rather than it's a walkover there. Right. So be. Right. So you guys knew that you guys were not going to win, or was there a five percent chance that you were, <laughs> they were thinking? In your, yeah. I would say that you know, in 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 fiction world, <laughs> we would we would be like, oh, there could be like you know. Um, 49.99 how many other percent that we could you know, get it or you know it could be like a 50 point blah 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 percent that right. we can we but, can get but I mean you would on the morning itself of polling day how do you feel or maybe when the results came in were you disappointed or um actually when the results came in we were, we were much more surprised that not only we are able to of course we are, we are able to collect back our deposit right but not only that what we um, thought of, like maybe a twenty percent around there, or twenty-one, at least better than the past past election and the past party that contested in that constituency, we got more. Right. So that was a surprise for us, and right. being a, again a two-week old party yes. at that point of time, Definitely. so it was a surprise for us. Right. Um, but that said, too, that you know, getting into election, we will. Of course, um, we are not prepared to uh, not prepared. We are prepared not to contest in the first place, right? But we contested, however, because we do not want it to be a walkover right. and we know that no other party are contesting right. there. So, even to contest, two weeks old party, putting a five-man person in the, uh, you know, to, to right, right. for the GRC, <laughs> raising that deposit, 
like what 70k right, around right, there right. it's not it is a Herculean effort you know right. yeah so yeah, yeah, yeah. for us it's like the fact that you managed to do that and got back the deposit that's already a victory for you guys right all right all right okay and i i mean i can i mean you, you can see the emotion in her as she's if she's recounting <laughs> as she recounting uh the electoral experience uh and i'm sure it was an amazing experience oh, like, no sleep throughout the two weeks oh wow it is a journey that nine days in itself was like a pure you know whatever that you study in school or whatever that you face in life right would couldn't prepare you for that nine days <laughs> and this is coming from a person who was homeless <laughs> <laughs> yes, coming from me still, yeah. A person who was homeless before, <laughs> yet that couldn't prepare her for election. Yes, yeah. yes, because um, that nine days in itself really is intense. It's a very intense period. Um, the whole journey itself, um, and being a small party to nobody knowing who we are, um, getting um okay i'm used to getting rejections right but getting rejections right in front of your face that <laughs> like, is totally oh, such as such as um such oh. as you know if you were to just um introduce ourselves to any 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 of the uh residents in public right they'll be like no like really with no in front of your face really? like, oh, like wow. that <laughs> wow yeah so that is intense wow. like you will get it in front of your face um other than that will be the preparations you know, we do not have teleprompter and all that kind of, you know, right, 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 right. savvy things, right? And so fancy, like what my children will call it. <laughs> so we don't have all that fancy stuff and we will need to make do with whatever that we have. So that is itself adding on to the intense um, um, experience and the, oh, the shadow. Don't, right. don't remind me, I need to wake up at 3am every single day. So during that particular night days, I have like one, two hours of sleep. Wow. And that juggle with my four children and have a, Less than one year old baby as well during wow. the election period, so it was a lot. Yeah. Wow. wow. Of course, being homeless. Then. <laughs> <laughs> so wow. Okay. Uh, I mean, that's that's quite a sobering thought. Uh, so thank you for that. Thank you for that. So are you guys going to stay in Jurong because you guys are still walking mm. the ground? I see. So which is now? I think now nobody can can make the accusation that the, you only see the opposition during elections. Mm, yes. I, I think even in the past, that was slightly unfair. But mm. now, that's completely unfair. Because I see almost every opposition party mm. do that, except except in my area, I've never seen the <laughs> opposition party. Right? Are you saying that those are not be named? <laughs> in my area, no. But I mean, I see Workers' Party does this all the time, SDP does this all the time, even RDU? Yes, we do. So we are planning our next um, door-to-door uh, home visits as well. Uh, previously, before the year end, we did a during lake cleanup. Uh, it will look very nice and clean on the outside or on the surface, right? You know, pristine, clear. clear. It is nice. Jurong Lake, I think yes. it's one of the few things that is actually nice in the West. <laughs> that, that, that's one of the few things, yeah. <laughs> But if you want to learn deeper, right? Yeah. I mean, when we are doing the jewelry cleanup, we got like what ten bags of trash wow. from from your for your naked eye. You see that? Oh, yeah, yeah, it's nothing. So right, nice, right, right? Right, right? But we can collect wow, ten bags okay, of trash. Right. So, so that was when? When? when was that it? was in December. December yeah, before okay. the year end. Okay, December right, 2020. right. So right. we're still here to stay. Right. So. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> okay. So. Uh, at the risk of let's let's move on. At the risk of relitigating an issue which has been discussed a lot 
lately. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just wanted your own personal take on this. Did you ever feel as you were campaigning mm-hmm. that your race or your gender, uh, no, not all, your race and or, or your gender mattered? Did did that ever come up? So basically, there are two questions. Mm. Do you feel did your did your race matter? Do you feel that? And did your gender matter? Mm. And the fact that you also put on the hijab. I mean, that's another mm. compound. So many. Yeah, yeah, so many. Right? So many levels. Yeah. So many levels to go through. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would say that I would be lying if I say that it doesn't impact or it doesn't um it doesn't constitute any um. Okay, discrimination is such a strong word still now. Reaction? So it affected people's reaction? Yeah, could be. Could be. Did you feel that throughout? Um, more of your race or your gender, you think? Or both? Um, it's hard to point out, honestly. It's hard to point out because I have multi-level. Right, right, right. Year, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, multi-level yeah. of race layers here. So it's hard to point out which one. However, I would be like to say that no, right? During the election, uh, during that particular campaigning in itself. Um, however, Right, even said that we have been conditioned since we were young on the what the CMIO policy or what Chinese yeah. Malay Indian others uh-huh. policy, and it has been taught to us for like what sixty years already from PAP. Now looking at that factor alone, right, with that particular policy alone, we have to see that we are given that since birth. Like when you when a baby comes out, like when your son is born, you need to give them a raise, right? <laughs> and then when you when you want to uh, when you're studying in school, the language that you need to take is depending on your race too. Um, when you want to buy a HDB flat, then right. also your race is right. an important part, right? Um, I'm not saying that you know the race, religion, and language is it's not important here, but we will need to see ourselves as Singaporean. Right? First, right? right, and hence that fourth that policy, the CMIO policy, will need to be relooked. Right. Sixty years, come on, guys. I mean, right. so you you are saying that? Okay, so I agree with you that we need to see ourselves as Singaporean, right? Mm. But uh, the not discrimination, but whatever it is, <laughs> advantage, <laughs> advantage, right, can also uh, play out in multi on multiple levels, right? Because they can see you as a Singaporean, but. They will also see you as a Malay or an, as an Indian, as a Chinese, right? Mm. Partly because the CMIO model has been so ingrained in us. Right? Mm. So you are actually saying that we should do away with the CMIO model and then we can... See, us as Singaporeans, like why do we even need to... Why would do, do we even need to do that divide but, and continue it further? Do you think if we remove the CMIO model, people would stop judging others by their race? Well, I wouldn't say that we can stop, right? Individually, right. we have our own biases. We right, have right, our right. own things that has been ingrained in us right. since young. I wouldn't say that they can stop. But at least we can lead by example, you know. Right, okay. And we, at least we can lead in a way where, hey, let's look at the last election. There's a lot of minority being placed from the opposition side, right? And if we were to just look into the factor of, hmm, somebody said that, you know, um, Singapore is not ready for a... Indian PM, right, in a way. Some people say. Somebody. <laughs> okay, some people say, right? Some yeah, people yeah. say. I don't know based on what fact. I, I can't right, see right, any right. of the facts right. for, to that note. So, if you want to just look at that and you compare it with our past election where there, there are more minorities being fielded into the election by the opposition side, 
that goes to show something. That goes to show how we live in right. a way where you know all the CMIO shouldn't be applying. I mean, wouldn't be applicable in today's day already. Right. That is one. Um, and then touching back on that Indian PM thingy, right? Some Are some you, people do say. You, do you want uh, SM Taman to be the PM? Um, you know, I've actually. I've actually recorded one video. <laughs> you can you can do your own research that I was saying, oh, let's do Tamar for president, and then you know rule us in into parliament again. Okay, that was one of our campaigning tactics. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, he's one of our favorite. I mean, for me, I, you did say that in the podcast. He's oh, really? one of, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You did say. <laughs> yeah. So I'm very say. honest. Okay, you I'm say. not not you not say you really him. like him. Yeah. Yeah. But then again, when we are touch, uh, we are touching back on that note in itself that Singapore is not ready for uh, Indian PM, right? I want to take it a step further, right? Uh, are we ready for a woman PM? Like, hey, if you look at the past election for RDU, we have like four women already ready to you know be fielded, to be contested, but they you, back you, up. You think it's harder for a female to be PM than for a minority to be PM? What do you think? Let, In terms of public perception, what do you think? I wouldn't, I wouldn't jump to conclusions. I wouldn't assume. For me, let the data speak for itself. Mm. So all of these, let the ground tell you right. why and when and how and, and what and, they are comfortable with. And I think the data is quite clear in terms of SM Taman always being the most popular, electorally at least. And yet... And, and yet, yet. <laughs> and yet right? So I mean And this is somebody Who contested against SM Taman And she's essentially Endorsing SM Taman SPM <laughs> No the thing is that um, we, are, we are looking at The reality of the fact Right right that, right um, Okay If I were to use Systemic oppression That is quite a heavy word here However If you're talking about Minority And then not given An equal playing field And even just ruling out Things and saying that Oh Singapore is not ready For India Right so what, what I would say is, I think there's some truth in that statement, right? That Singapore, not Singapore, some Singaporeans are not ready for a non-Chinese Prime Minister. Well, I how think, do you know that's wait, wait, so, so I think uh, based on what DPM said, DPM Heng said in terms of his uh, con- conversations with uh, older Singaporeans and also according to some IPS surveys, it says that race matter. However, that's a generic Chinese versus generic. I think if you say SM Taman versus anybody else, I, I'm quite confident that most Singaporeans would say yes. That's the first thing. And second thing, even if Singaporeans say something, right, uh, there's, there's no reason for the PAP to actually just follow the opinion of some Singaporeans, right? Even if some Singaporeans are not ready, if he's the best, he's the best. And that's contradicting too. I, I agree. Because in that, in that context, they want to follow right, in a exactly. way, but then in other... No, exactly, because this is not a government that... Uh, this is a government that prides itself in leading and not following. So, so that, that, I mean, there are some incons- inconsistencies, shall we say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, is there anything else you want to say about gender or race? Mm, I think basically I touched that all. Okay, mm. right. Okay, but so... Yeah. So let's move on and this is the final question I have and if anybody has any question uh, we can it's already 31 minutes already so we oh, can take some questions at, at about 40 40 ish oh, 40 Did I yeah. like go over the time? No 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 no, no, no. <laughs> we are we are good we are good so uh, so if WP or SDP calls you tomorrow right hmm. if Dr Chi or Mr Pritam Singh calls you would you and ask you to leave Mr. Ravi and RDU, will you do that <laughs> and join them? 
Leave Mr. Ravi <laughs> Leave Ardu. Okay, leave Ardu. <laughs> what what sort of question is there in yeah. this place? <laughs> okay, when you say call is just in that manner. No, call to you to join them. Yeah, to just join to join them. them. To join them, yeah. Hmm. Here's the thing, right? People think um politics is like business in a way where where people poach. <laughs> you know when you know something uh the there's uh there's a thing in um the culture of business of hiring where people will poach, you know, right. as hate hunters and all that. So, unfortunately, that doesn't exist in politics and doesn't exist especially in the opposition field. I I don't hear any other opposition party were to go around and poach people to that's, join the party. That's interesting, you know, because uh, <laughs> Professor Tambaya said that he was actually asked by Mr. Pritam Singh when he was here. That was the first time he revealed mm. it, by the way. So... Uh, but let's see. So, okay. So, assuming I I agree, it doesn't happen a lot. Mm-hmm. But let's Obviously, say it doesn't it happen to me. No, no, no. <laughs> because yet. I'm nobody, right? Yeah, hasn't happened yet. So let's say it does happen. Mm. You are approached. Would you say yes? Because there is something. Uh, there is a point behind this question, basically. Uh, oh, which point? Is, are you yeah, it's a point. No, yeah, I, I will. I will. I will tell after you answer. Yeah, yeah. But what 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 your what would your answer be if they call you? I would, hmm, okay, I would say that where I am right now and what I'm seeing in the near future, I'm comfortable. And not saying that I'm comfortable not by not being uncomfortable like that, right? right, right. But I'm comfortable in um, going with RDU and having um, the people around here, the people in RDU in itself, who are passionate about doing the right things, um, Regardless whether they get elected in or not, right? right? So that is one. Secondly, it's not about just Mr. Ravi alone, like just leave Mr. Ravi or RDU. The reason why I joined RDU is not, of course. Yeah, yeah, of Mr. course. Ravi but alone. it's one of the reasons, right? Not the, the reasons. reasons. It's because he asked you, right? And yeah, he asked, but he's not a decision factor that I made. Oh, not, to not join. at all. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's not because that he asked. Yeah, okay. it's because of the values that I am aligned with. And the people that I got to know in RDU, right. um, I've said no to him for other projects too. Yeah, don't, don't get me wrong. I've said no to him for other things also. So that's that. So you were to ask me if other other parties were to call me up and ask, Lena, would you join blah, 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 ABC right. or something like that, right? <laughs> I would say, I'm sorry. I'm here in RDU and I believe that we are towards making a positive change here and I will stay. I see, mm. I see. Uh, so what, what is it that you right, say right, that no, you want no, to say so, after no, I answer? No, because for me, right, <clears throat> there's no reason for any Singaporean, uh, whether it's a voter or whether it's a candidate, to be loyal to any party. Mm. Because ultimately what you are loyal to is the voters Mm-mm. and you are loyal to values. So, uh, I mean, for me, if somebody asks, for instance, some politicians, they switch between parties. I say, why not? Why not? Yeah. Power, power yeah, to why them. Why is it? Yeah. They, they, should, they should, as long as they believe that a party has abandoned the values that mm. they felt they were aligned to, mm. then that person should live. There's no reason. Because we should not have overwhelming loyalty to any mm. single party. Exactly. And that includes the candidates as well. So that's why I wanted to ask mm. whether if SDP calls and then you say, okay, Dr. Chi, here we go. Okay, so you're not closing the door, basically. <laughs> no, I wouldn't say that I'm not closing the 
Yeah, 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 I understand. Okay, okay. She's not, she's not. Okay, she's comfortable <laughs> with our view. Yes, okay. and I'm not saying that I'm a bit loyal to just one right, party right, right. or just one thing. The most important thing is, you know, Singaporeans, the right. values, and what mm. I'm um, fighting for. That's right, okay, thing. okay, good. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I like that answer a lot. So, so my you don't need to like my answer, my, right? I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm just saying, <laughs> if I do, I do, yeah. So, uh, other than SM Taman, right? Mm. Uh, who is your favorite PAP politician? Hmm, that's quite a tough one. I don't know. That's very tough. Really, <laughs> all the way. Politicians, yeah. you cannot think of one that you actually like. It's <laughs> <laughs> quite tough. Okay, why I say it's tough is because I have brushes and I have um, met. A couple of them, right? And for me, what and how you conduct yourself behind the scenes, away from public eye, tells a lot about you. Absolutely, right? In public, anybody can be nice. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. Anybody can be so, nice. So yeah. there you go. That's my answer. Wow. So, what about the ones that you haven't met, and who who do you think you have a good impression of, or you think you can can get along well with? Them? Okay, this I can answer you in this way. Uh, those who I haven't met, nobody has jumped in my radar so far that I, I lie or they have done something which, you know, close to what I fight for. That is one. Secondly, those who I have met, um, like what I mentioned just now, they are, they are, how they conduct themselves right away from the public eye is, is a factor in itself that makes me, hmm, this, right, right. I used to look up to you, but uh, now, <laughs> right? Yeah. So the only person that I would still say in PP who is my favorite is just as Wow. Yeah. Such yeah. a bull assertion. I'm, I mean, I, I, <laughs> no, I'm honest. honest. Yeah, yeah, honest. I yeah, mean, honest, I, I, yeah. I love the honesty. So, who's your favorite female politician in Singapore? Okay. Other than yourself. <laughs> Other than myself, favorite female politician. Hmm, I know, what is your favorite? Lah? That's my you favorite politician, stop. not my favorite female. <laughs> That's my favorite politician. <laughs> I know that because you kind of stopped. My wife just gave me the side eye. Yeah. <laughs> So um I think for me okay um, I could be biased here. Yeah, I could be biased because she's the youngest. And she happens to be a friend too, so I could be biased. Of course, everyone yeah. is biased, it's fine. Yeah. Uh other than that. Are you saying what who? Michelle or <laughs> is that is it? <laughs> Who are you referring to? No, I, I thought it was Michelle that you uh, said. Other than yeah. that? I don't know. Nothing, nobody else. No, that, because <laughs> you're saying you your friend. I don't know who else is it. Is it Raisa or? Yeah, uh, I would say that Raisa will be one of my favorite uh, because she's the youngest and she happens to be a friend too, right? So that's why I say it could be biased right, in, right. in that context. And I know her way before we both step into politics. Okay. At the same time. Right, right, yeah. right. Okay. Alright, so is there anything else you'd like to say that people need to know you? Liana Damira, the politician, more than just beyond your book and beyond your story, right? Uh, also, Haika was just saying, is it Tan Wu Ming who's your favorite politician? But <laughs> Actually, we didn't have yeah, any just, questions just, so like, far, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were all just saying thank you and all of yeah, that. Yeah, I see yeah, a lot yeah, of hearts. Yeah. Thank yeah, you yeah, for yeah, tuning yeah. in, guys. Yes, yes. So, uh, is there anything else that you would want to say 
so that people know you, Liana Damira, the politician, more than just the the author of homeless. Why? Why would you say Liana Damira, the politician, more than the because this is a this is a show about politicians, <laughs> <laughs> and I think I think there's also this uh, this tendency by politicians to minimize the. The politician side of them, and I think we oh, should yeah, just yeah. embrace I mean, it. I, I have just to, embrace I have to embrace that, even, yeah. and I have to lead it as well because I said that there needs to be a more positive, you know, exactly, inclination yeah. towards being a politician, right? Right. right exactly. So yeah, there you go. Leonardo Damira is someone who is positive, and I'm a politician too. Okay. There you go. Right. Okay. Do you want that? So no. So <laughs> generally, generally, politicians are not. You think or? Um. So so just now when you said that politicians in public you mean they're some somebody else than in private is that's the general impression people actually have right of mm. politicians. Yes. Yeah, and so it turns out that it's true from your experiences? Mm. Well, whatever that we see um, can differ when we meet and we experience. So I don't know if that, if that answers your question. It does. It does. It does. It's a but, very yeah. subtle way of answering the <laughs> so question. Yeah. But ultimately, voters can only judge by what we see and not by what. Well, um, voters can judge. At the same time, voters can be involved. That is why. Right. That is why active citizen citizenry is very important, right? And as what I mentioned also earlier, you can be involved in any way possible to be a part of. The political space, like you know, in education, in arts, or whatever it is, choose whatever that you are comfortable in. And it, that said, too, okay, I lose my train of thoughts. <laughs> that said, too, you will need to really like that. Don't just only judge people from the get go. Volunteer. Get a chance to experience. But most Me. Singaporeans have no time and energy to invest in politics, right? And you know, if if something is that important to someone, they will make. I time. agree. I mean, and let's let's end off on that pearl of wisdom because it's really and whether you care about politics, politics cares about you. So everybody needs to be involved, and everybody needs to know. And anyway, if you are watching this. You are probably aware, and you are interested in politics. So, thank you so much, Miss Liana, and please uh, get this book. And for the five lucky people, you will hear from me. And if you don't, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, bye bye, everybody. Thank you. Yeah.